Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us again this week. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and Brooke, we're in the company again of a national championship coach here at Baylor. How about that? Isn't that fun? We need to keep that going. I know. I'm loving it. We're going to get to talk about more green and gold confetti, specifically out of the Ferrell Center. I mean, that place has just been rocking and rolling, hosting all of our national champions. Uh, it's home to you know a lot of great teams, and we are so lucky to be visiting with head coach of acrobatics and tumbling, Felicia Mulkey. Thank you for taking the time to visit with us this week. Thank you for having me, and I do want to go ahead and shout out to whoever was responsible for for the confetti. Oh, it was it great. Was, there a was a lot, lot of confetti. Great. So I'm sorry to whoever had to clean it up, but it was probably one of the best confetti showers we have seen. Okay, sorry. don't ever apologize yeah, for cleaning up confetti. Well, let's do it. I'll go out and clean it myself <laughs> if we need to. But wasn't that great? Wasn't that a great scene? It, what a great celebration. It was wonderful. It was a lot of fun and a great a great end to an uncertain year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we appreciate you being on with us in person. We talked to you last time. Uh, it was via Zoom, yeah. so this is great. We're to the point that we're all in the same office recording this today. I know. The, I could not be happier about that. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Um, sixth consecutive NCATA National Championship for Acrobatics and Tumbling this year. And and I know they're all special and they're all very meaningful. But like you said, this year, with everything you, your team had to go through and, and no championship last year, this one had to be very special. It was very special. It was, uh, I have said, it was the longest short season <laughs> I've ever been through. Um, and, you know, I didn't even, I don't even really think about not having the championship the year before that was definitely an impact at the beginning as we started going but I think honestly to get to the end of it was just constant change and constant uncertainty and and you were subconsciously and I'm sure every coach in the country of any sport has felt this the constantly waiting for the next shoe to drop Mm -hmm. and so what is that you know is it is it a COVID case? Is it a, is it a close contact case? And these are things on top of your normal, you know, fingernail, broken fingernail, sprained mm-hmm. ankle like those. Right. Um, so just to be able to get to the championship was fantastic. And then to end the way it did was, I mean, it was pretty perfect, I must say. <laughs> well, in your sport, I mean, when you kind of look across the board at other sports, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say easier to sub people in, but you guys practice with the same groups in the same spots. They are used to holding those exact same hands when they're up in the air doing all these weird flips and handstands and whatnot. Um, so that had to be a little bit difficult because you had to be prepared for lots of different outcomes and lots of different groups instead of just kind of being able to rely on those steady core. Mm-hmm. We actually we thought about that at the beginning of the year. 
And of course, we didn't know what it was going to be like. None of us did. If we uh, if we happen to be in another global pandemic, we'll be a little more prepared. I hope none of us. <laughs> I hope we don't yeah. ever have that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we will not need this preparation. But we thought about it at the beginning of the year, and we did the way we we strategize with the skills that we were going to utilize, and then we strategize in our training in ways that we would in different ways than we would from years before, because we thought, oh my goodness, I mean, if this, if this happens the way we think it might happen, we may need to sub in a lot. So we did think that through from the beginning of the year. And, um, to, I wish, I wish I would have, I told me this the other day, I wish I would have kept a journal. I, my brain was entirely too tired to do that yeah. at the end of each day, but I wish I would have kept a journal of what each practice was like, because there was... I don't think we ever competed the same roster. Mm. I will say that. And we only had five meets and then the two in the championship. And we did compete the same roster, the two meets in the championship. But we literally never competed the same roster. There was constant change. And not. And so there's always this change because you have athletes that are working their way into the starting lineup. And that's the fun part. And you want mm-hmm. that every year. Um, but this year it was... <laughs> Uh, much more change than that. And I wish I remember there was a weeks, at least a three week time span where every three days we, we re reworked everything Wow! because if, um, and most everybody is now familiar probably with COVID and whatnot, but if you're not in an athlete on a team, what you find is if there's a positive, um, you're obviously going to lose that person for an amount of days, but you, you also lose the close contacts of mm-hmm. that person. So each time, if anyone on our team, um, had COVID, we would lose eight other people at the least, um, you know, and say, so or if, if they were exposed outside, you know, yeah. you, so it was just, it, it was just so crazy. And I could not be prouder of just their tenacity and resilience because, I, I, it's hard as a coach to walk in and go, okay, we're going to have to rework this again. And mm. if you think of our sport, think of team event. Mm-hmm. And that is where, cause it's, you can almost, it's not easy to sub in in other areas, but in team event, that is a well-oiled machine of controlled chaos. Mm. So that's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the, for them to be able to, and literally in one, in, um, in one practice, I remember specifically, we had an injury at the beginning, so we reworked team event. It took us about 10 or 15 minutes. I was actually proud of that. And then the next thing, uh, the next thing we know, um, someone, we, we had word that three of our athletes were exposed to COVID through somebody that wasn't on our team. So at that point, it's like, okay, quarantine, quarantine, wow. quarantine. And so then we go back and we have to redo everything. Um, so the bench, uh, you know, our athletes who were on the bench at the time were always ready to go and... Um, and you know, they, I can't say that they didn't get frustrated and get down, but they always just took a deep breath and recovered. And the week of our championship, uh, one of our athletes, cause I, this was actually Sunday. Um, one of the athletes stepped off the mat of all things in warm up. We had not started practice running around the mat to get warm so she could stretch steps off the side of the mat and breaks her foot. Oh, that was, oh so goodness. we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it started. So again, we changed it all. So <laughs> Wow. It is. And not to say that as woe is me, because I can imagine every coach in the country experienced the exact same thing um, within their, you know, at their level and whatever that means for their sport. But to I, I'm not going to say I'm glad it was over, but it was uh, to get to the point we got to and how they competed in the end um, was just I can't say enough yeah. about them. 
And good point, good time to make the point again about so many people here at Baylor that have worked behind the scenes, you know, Kenny Boyd and, and your trainer and mm-hmm. uh, everyone else to make it possible to get on the mat and compete. Absolutely. Kenny Boyd deserves, I've got to get him his own trophy because yeah. I, the stuff, and then hosting, you know, when we hosted another shout out to Kenny Boyd, he handled all the testing and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, that, can you imagine, I couldn't, I can't, I actually tried not to be a part of anything they were doing for championship planning, but just testing all the teams that were coming in and this at the end of a year where he had been doing this already. Right. So, I mean, I hit to just coordinate that. I'm so grateful to him and his staff. And then Emily Boyer, who is our trainer, um, I think she's ready for a non-COVID year. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that's right. <laughs> I can't even imagine what she has been through because we're not the only sport that she works with. So whatever was she was dealing with with us, she was also dealing with with another team. So all of our medical staff, everybody's medical staff across the country, deserves a shout out for sure. Well, and this group you have a you have a big roster. It's even bigger this year. Um, but when John pointed out, and you even said this is the best confetti shower, you've experienced a lot of green and gold <laughs> confetti showers, it being the sixth straight national championship. But there was that gap year last year mm-hmm. where there was no championship. And so up until that point, you know, your sophomores had always known the freshmen. They had been there. And at championship, although this year was different and unlike any other, there's still nothing like – the championship stage and that, you know, the, the crowds and everything that comes with that time. Um, and this year you had both your sophomore class and your freshman class experiencing it for the first time. And that's something new for Baylor acrobatics and tumbling. Um, but then you, while you still had that, you also had fifth year seniors like Cam Bryant Mm -hmm. who were like, okay, this is how we do this. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, I've been here, I've done that. She just came away with her fourth, um, you know, was quoted saying it was the most special year. So for you to have seen that balance of so many newcomers to the championship stage and then getting to have your fifth years with you kind of explain it and all to them and build them up for that moment. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? Well, I always say there's no substitute for experience. And so one of the things that we've always taken to the stage since we've been here at, since I've been here at Baylor is that championship experience. And we may have a few freshmen that are new every year or whatnot. And I think back to last year, that short year where it ended, we called this part turning the corner with our team when we know, when we know we're there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it doesn't happen for a while, but you, there's this feeling as a coach, you get like, okay, we're cooking with grease now. We're hitting on all cylinders. And there's conversations you can have at that point. And there's things, the team just gets to this really fantastic point. We never got there last year. We were on a trajectory there. And I was thrilled where we were, We where we ended that last meet, um, where we never got to come back. And it, this year, there was a point when I talked to the team and we talked about no substitute for experience. We talked about that. And if you think about it, last year, the trajectory took us a little bit more longer to get there because the majority of our team were freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. And those sophomores had won one as a freshman, right? So that's that last year, sophomores had won one as a freshman. And, and that's a different experience as winning it, you know, as a sophomore. So we had this really young team last year and an even younger team this year. And Cam Bryant and Day Thompson were the mental – they, they carried everyone through and they had their own ways of doing it. They probably didn't know they were doing it because they are leaders innately and, and 
and just have these different, these different strengths at it. But I watched both of them and, and there was actually the legitimate like conversation of what you said where we talked to the team and Cam actually did stand up and give her, but more so than that, just watching Day and Cam, and we have so many leaders on our team. Mm -hmm. Everyone leads somehow, but watching those two identify where they needed to go and who they needed to talk to and then how they could help that individual mm -hmm. kind of get through the year and get through the championship. It was, that part was really, really special. And I, I just met with Cam earlier today because, um, she, she's going to be in, she's going to finish up grad school. So she may come on as our, uh, one of our student managers or whatnot. Nice. Still, you know, I would love to, for her, we were kind of talking about that, but I told her, I was like, I don't know how we would have done it without you. And, and we would have been talented and we would have figured out a way, but yeah. it, you know, the, you being here, sharing your experiences and day Thompson is wise beyond her years. If you've ever talked today, she, <laughs> she is just, just mature and, and, um, very attentive and intuitive about the needs of the people around her. And that really paid off when we needed it most. And if you look at, we, I pointed this out at our, our banquet. If you look at our compulsory event, the two people you see, now you see a lot of people in there consistently, but the two people you see are the tops, Cam Kitchens and Emily Tobin. If you look at what they competed in all year and then at the championship, we, I threw them in the deep end. I told them that I was like, you've never, they've never been to a championship. They're sophomores, but mm -hmm. they never got here. And so they carried us through compulsory. And of course there were people literally carrying them so they could carry us through compulsory. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that's where you didn't see Cam and day behind the scenes doing what they do and, and, and getting the team ready to go. And, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was sweet because of that. I mean, the victory is always sweet, but it was sweet because of that. And, um, to watch Emily and, and uh, her name's Emily Tobin, but we call her Tobin. I don't even know who Emily is, but to watch <laughs> Tobin and Cam kind of rise to the occasion and handle that's a being in compulsory. Everything is a huge amount of pressure and they literally, they topped everything. They're in compulsory tumbling. And there are a few other people that are in everything as well, but that's a huge amount of pressure for two sophomores who had never seen that stage before. And add to that, you know, the COVID and, and a younger team and coming off last year, add to that uh, y'all lost in the regular season at Oregon, only your second loss in the last seven years mm -hmm. <laughs> during your time here. But you had to find a way to come back from that. Oregon then lost to Azusa Pacific. Azusa Pacific was number one mm -hmm. in the poll uh, heading into, or the number one seed, I guess, in the championships. But what about the dynamic of, of a loss? I mean, none, very few of your girls Maybe none of them had, su had suffered a loss before here at Baylor. Just Cam. Okay. At her freshman year. Okay. We lost at Oregon Cam's freshman year, and Cam was actually not even on that trip. Okay. So she wasn't even, even in the room. She she I didn't remember that. She actually told me that she wasn't. I was like, I don't remember those things. So, um, but <laughs> There's she, a lot of girls keeping track <laughs> yeah. of. Well, and, and she, so we had one that had ever even been on a team with a loss, and we talked about it as a team. Um, and what I told them was every year that I've coached has a story. And every story is completely different. And this is part of the story. And, and I always say sometimes you got to lose to know how to win. And I think they knew how to win anyway. But um, there was a huge amount of growth after that loss. And the one thing they brought away is I don't ever want to score lower than the other team again. And mm -hmm. all of the sudden, and they were fantastic before that, but the will to prepare, I mean, that's a true champion. When you have the will to prepare, when you put it out there at practice, like nobody's business, you saw this shift come in and. I won't say it was smooth sailing after that. We still had to have with COVID and, and just life. And yeah, there was a, a few, a few harsh talks about let's get it together, but you, you did see a shift and what they always went back to is, um, I don't want to, I don't want to score lower than the other team. 
really cool thing, though, I think if you talk to anyone on our team that was there that day at the Oregon meet, we had so much fun mm. competing that day. Mm. And I thought that was really cool for our team, and it spoke a lot about our team. Did we like the end result? No. But there was some joy out there, you know, and that was really cool to see. There was emotion from a lot of the girls for the first three meets that we had because I did, you know, you realize it, but you don't think about it. They said they would do a pass or finish and they would come off and they'd have tears in their eyes and they go, I can't believe we get to do this again because everything got jerked out from under them. So at the Oregon meet, which was our second meet of the season, I think you, you know, you get an away meet and there's no fans in the stands, which was really odd. And they really couldn't do anything but focus on each other. And it was a battle. We lost by less than a point to Oregon. And I would much rather it go come out the other way. But the battle itself was fun. And for them to be able to acknowledge that, I knew we were going to be good for the rest of the year. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednarz and John Morris. Well, you guys came back, turned that around, and uh, finished the year 6-1 and one national champions. Can't ask for more than that. You know, I'm sure at that point you guys have those conversations coming back from Oregon and then to see it come to fruition and you guys win. Um, but like you mentioned, that was a close battle in Oregon. Um, the, the championship at halftime was a close battle. There's maybe a little over a point different. Um, and after I want to ask you and kind of pick your brain on, you were quoted saying, um, you know, as a coach, you're like, Oh, okay. That's a little too close. (laughs) But as, as someone who has poured into this sport and helped it become what it is, you truly pioneered this sport. Um, with your sport hat on, I think is exactly what you said. You were like, this is kind of great though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's what the sport needs. Um, so I would love for you to go into a little bit more detail on what you mean by that. And just the excitement of a a meet like that and, and a meet like that throughout the entire season to where, um, you know, Oregon was close and there are a lot more of those really tight matches just across the board. Well, that's what we work for. You know, when we created the sport, it was never so that I could win all the national championships. And it was never so Baylor could win all of them. And, of course, I'm going to try, and we're going to keep trying. When there's 100 teams, we're still going to keep trying. But you want that parity across the board, and you want you want those close meets. Um, it's more fun. It's not fun. It's There's always been close meets. And like we talked about, Oregon beat us at, at – and, you know, you tend to look at the win-loss column and you go, wow, Baylor's got a lot of wins – you don't remember that a lot of those meets were really close, right? So there's, there's been close meets before, but I think what we're seeing now 
is a little bit of a leveling of the playing field across the board. And that is amazing for the sport. And, and we're continuing to grow. Um, we're going to be having this conversation in, in, you know, a year talking about the 40 plus teams that we have competing. And so I think we're going to continue to see that. So yeah, as, and even as a coach, I must say you, you feel a lot better when you're three points ahead going into halftime. Um, but when it's tenths of points, it's really why you do it too, right? Like as a coach, it's really why you do it. You don't, you don't want to go out there and be 10 points ahead going in and, and yeah, it's fun to compete all that stuff, but it's more fun when, when you've got a competition. I think that's why our team loves competing against Oregon. We love competing against Azusa Pacific. Um, cause, and they're just more established programs. You know, if you, if we had gotten to see Gannon university this year, you would have seen the same thing. They are a fantastic program. Um, so I, as the sport, there's going to be a lot more parody. There's going to be a lot more close meets. We're always going to try to come out on top. So don't worry. (laughs) We're going to try, but, um, you know, it makes with my sport hat on, it absolutely makes me smile. And the fact that Azuzo was ranked number one going in, I wanted to be ranked number one, but you've got to win to be ranked number one. And we didn't. And not that it's cool to not win, but this is sport. You know, this isn't, we don't hand us the number one seed because we've always had it. Let us work for it. And, so, you know, I had a talk with the team because um, I was like, you know, the rankings are going to come out. I'm going to tell you, You're, you guys are going to be second or third. And this was before the Oregon meet. And I said, I, you know, if you beat Oregon, there is a chance that you're going to be number two, but they're also going to look, there's a committee and they're going to look across the board at our scores. And, and the, they look at the differential of our start values, like how much, how many points did we lose during the meet? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, having that conversation with the team, it wasn't eye opening, but I, it was cool to, uh, watch them kind of grasp like, Oh yeah, like this is how it works. So I even thought it was cool that Azusa was ranked number one. Um, and, and everybody was like, what do you think about standing on the other side of the mat? I'm like, honestly, that's what you're worried about. Yeah. <laughs> if my team is worried right. about standing on the other side of the mat, then we're not mentally tough enough to compete. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but no, I'm absolutely. thrilled. I am thrilled at, at what's going on across the country and just as everybody, as everybody rises. Well, that speaks to the growth of the sport of acrobatics and tumbling, uh, uh, emerging sports status now with the NCAA. Give us an update. Every time we talk to you, we want an update and it's usually very, very positive. (laughs) So I have a new update today. So we, we added our 38th school last week, Okay, uh, Notre Dame College in Euclid, Ohio. I think that's how you say the city. They, Can we just say Notre Dame? We <laughs> well, <just> I know. <laughs> um, but Notre Dame College, they are a Division two school. They're part of the Mountain East Conference, Good. which is one of the conferences that sponsors acrobatics and tumbling as a championship yeah. sport. They now have eight members of their 12-member conference that, are, that have an acrobatics wow. and tumbling team, so we're super that's excited great. about that. Um, they're number 38, um, number 36 in NCAA because we have two NAI right, schools. Right. So we will, and I can't say their name yet, but we'll be announcing another school this week. Okay. Um, and it's a Division three school out on the East Coast, and that will be number 39, yeah. number 37 in NCAA. Um, and then over the next couple months, um, there's just a lot in the pipeline. Yeah. So it comes down to at this point the red tape and the school's process of how they add it. But I think we'll be at the 40 number. NCAA, so mm-hmm. over 40 with our NAI schools, but 40 NCAA schools by the end of the summer. Wow. And so we'll need, the way it works is you have to compete for a year with the 40 schools, and then you um, there's this legislative process they go through that makes you an NCAA championship sport. So right. we're, even if we add 40, you know, um, we're on that path, but we still, those those schools still have to get rolling and compete for a year, but 
That's okay. That's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. we get them but to you add, have them. Yeah, they're yeah. Cu- they're coming. Yeah. So the the momentum growth wise right now is awesome and continues so that's great well janelle cook was here the Mm -hmm. executive director for the ncata she's great and uh uh, great to work with but it's just i mean talking to you and talking to her you just can't help but get the feeling of how you know upward upward uh upwardly mobile you know this Mm -hmm. sport is and continues to add schools and just everything's very positive it really is and i always try you know, we talk about adding schools, which excites me, and I know the in, the implied consequence, right? And so to say it for the listeners, every school that adds is 40-plus new opportunities for women to compete at the collegiate level. That's the exciting part. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about the schools for sure, but then all of the opportunities, not just collegiate competitive opportunities, but coaching opportunities as well. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big Tex tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big Tex trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. We are visiting with acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey. We have talked all of the details of the national championship. We've loved celebrating this spring um, with all the green and gold confetti that just seems to keep falling. Uh, But now we kind of want to transition a little bit and take a time and a moment to recognize that it is mental health awareness month um, and kind of champion that if you will. And uh, you know, we we've had the opportunity to John to speak with Dr. Monique Marsh bell, who leads the uh, department for um, our athletics uh, mental health services here at Baylor. And that's something that's expanding. They have new offices here at hires and it just speaks to John. I want to hear your thoughts first. It speaks to, you know, just the, the importance that Baylor athletics puts into this department. You've been here for, you know, several years and have gotten to kind of see that department grow and develop. And I want to hear your thoughts on the fact that um, the athletic department values that. 
I think it shows a lot. And this is a uh, an issue that I think maybe was uh, um, swept under the rug in years past. But now it's out in the open, and we're putting a lot of resources to that. And Coach Fee, you're the one. You're a good one to speak to this from a coach's perspective. How important is this in this day and time to have? Uh, you know, Baylor Athletics dedicate so many resources to the mental health of our student athletes. You know, it's it's much needed and amazing, and um, especially in the year of COVID, needed more. I think we we all needed a little extra support during that. But um, what Baylor has done with this resource, and I I was here prior to it being, you know, I've kind of been here through the process. Um, it's just such an extra level of care for our student athletes. And I think sometimes, you know, from a, I think there's always been a stigma with mental health, unfortunately, and I hope that's changing. And I feel like it's changing, mm-hmm. change is slow sometimes, but I think from a coach's perspective, sometimes, um, you may think, well, I don't want this person talking to my, my athlete. What, what if they, what if they say something I don't want them to say, you know? And I think, um, for me, and I don't think our, our coaches here are saying that I'd be interested to talk to them and ask them, but for me. It wasn't, oh, there's someone else talking to my student athlete. It was, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I, I, because um, everybody, I, you know, I, my, my door is always open and the majority of my student athletes will come and talk to me and, and they know there's no judgment with me, right? And I can be a sounding board. I can be, well, I would like to create that relationship with my student athlete where they know that I'm going to go to the mat for them. I'm going to fight for them if they're honest with me, you know, and that's part of my philosophy and how I coach. But there is a time in those meetings where I'm like, I would love for you to go talk to Dr. Mo. Have you thought about doing that? Because I do care about the student athlete and I do want them to, to help them. And there are some things that are above my pay grade or, you know, I didn't go to school for that and things that I don't know. And, and, you know, as a coach, but you, you try to relay personal experience, you know, and say, you know, I know what you're going through, you know, but there's just, sometimes they need that extra level of support and to be able to offer it here at Baylor. And back to what I said earlier, 100% trust in Dr. Mo. And she is, we are lucky to have her. Every school is going to try to come and get her because it's not <laughs> just that we have mental health support. We have her mm-hmm. and that, that is the difference for me. I mean, she is amazing. She understands athletics in a way. She understands that, um, what these student athletes are going through as a student athlete at a university, not just as a student at a university. And let's face it, there's, there's a lot to deal with in both of those categories. It's different as a student athlete and there's a different level of pressure and to have her in our corner and, and helping our student athletes um, deal with things that they need to deal with. It's, it's made a huge difference and it's welcomed. And um, yeah, I'm grateful that Baylor took the step and, they need to make sure they keep Dr. Mo around because <laughs> honestly, she's the, she is the, um, the key to all of it. Well, and one thing we've, you know, doesn't matter who we're talking to, uh, the phrase preparing champions for life is something that across the board, Baylor athletics preaches and you kind of see it even through her. Um, you know, it is truly preparing champions for life across the board, taking a village truly to help these student athletes from the moment they step on campus to the time that they graduate to continue out into the world. Uh, so how do you coach Mulkey think that, you know, by our athletes taking the time to visit with them, that that is truly helping them and taking them that step further into preparing them for a champion for life. And it's not seen as like you said, maybe a stigma of, of taking a step back as a student athlete. Sometimes 
student athletes feel, you know, maybe that that could hinder their progress as a student athlete and as a coach. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. And, you know, you hear, you hear stories from across the country where student athletes don't feel like they can go and seek mental health because of repercussions from their coaches or whatnot. And, um, silliness, you know, is what that is to me. And and it makes me sad that if that is happening across the country, it, it is such an important piece. I think I wish I had a Dr. Mo to talk to when I was 18 to 22 years old, figuring my life out in college. Cause I, I'll tell you this story. When I was 15, I thought I knew everything. And then when I turned 18, I was like, what an idiot I was at 15. Cause clearly I know everything now. And then I did the same thing at 21. I did the same thing. And, and I'm not saying these kids think they know everything, but there's just this learning piece and this, this thing, this, um, part of life that these young people are going through that, um, with the proper support, there could be self-awareness, there could be coping mechanisms for stress and anxiety. There could be just digging through something that's been there that they need to dig through that I am not qualified to help them dig through that can really help them get to the next level of, of their life. Not necessarily, I mean, winning's one thing and it's awesome, but I mean, when they're 35 and 45, like that's when I want to know that they're winning. Right. So um, I feel like it, she is probably doing the most <laughs> to prepare champions for life, quite honestly, because the skills um, that, and the, you know, what she does it, with everyone is different, but from the student athletes that I've talked to that have come back, there are people on my team that, that are, that talk to Dr. Mo that I don't know about, which is completely fine. And I'm happy about that. Right. The ones that come back and share like, I met with Dr. Mo and this is what I learned about myself. And this is how I'm going to, you know, I, I can cope with this stress and I can, I can do this. And what it told me is they're learning coping mechanisms that I could never teach them. And, and they're learning about themselves, things that I could never help them learn. So, um, I think that's really important. And I think about how much farther ahead these young people are going to be coming out. They've learned everything they need to def- know from the best university in the country, right. To prepare them for life. And then hopefully I taught them some life skills, maybe a flip or something, but some <laughs> life skills, but to be able to also have this extra layer of, of learning and education and, and, um, whatever it is they're going through, they have this really safe space that they can go to with a trusted, a trusted individual. And, um, you can see the athletes flourish the ones, the ones that I know that have spoken with, with her, be able to come back. And if they feel like sharing and she always, you know, tells them if they want to share and it, and it, and to, you see them flourish, you see their performance improve. Um, you see their grades improve, you know, and I, I think that is just so, so important. So I'm a huge advocate and uh, more so grateful than I am an advocate of, of what just the, what Baylor has done and then what Dr. Mo is doing. Well, and especially, and you said this earlier, especially so this year coming out of a COVID year, I mean, that just adds, I, I, I think that adds a level of, uh, I guess stress is the right word in ways that we don't even know about, mm-hmm. you know, for student athletes. Yes. Um, and I, I don't even think they realized it yeah. was happening. We had, I, again, I wish I would have kept a journal because I'm watching this. I love to watch the dynamics of the team grow into into what it, it needs to be at the end of the year. And I was watching this team and I'm like, what in the world is going on? And they were doing awesome. They didn't even know they were struggling. And I would say in practice, y'all, this is hard. Like you don't, you don't realize that this is hard and, and you don't, you may have things going on. You don't know about, you know, because if you think about it subconsciously, they had to change that routine, right? Mm-hmm. Literally had to change the routine. So subconsciously they're waiting on the shoe to drop. Like, mm-hmm. well, what's going to happen now? What's going to, you know, what's going to happen before we go? And just it, it, being a student athlete is hard and, and challenging 
being a student athlete during COVID, that there's a level that I don't know that we can understand what they went through <laughs> because we're not actually going right, through it and right. training and what they're doing. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough year. They made it. I think they flourished, but, um, with, with a lot of help from our friends, <laughs> let's just from our village, let's say that. Well, when you think about it, you know, athletes are so used to routine It's everything about their college life because they are student athletes has to be very organized. Every hour of the day is accounted for. And this year it's just been like, Hey, we're, you're supposed to travel here. Now we're not, you know, you weren't on this group. Now you are, Mm -hmm. you can't go to class because it has to be online and now you have to figure it out. Um, you know, you're tutoring, you can't go see your tutor in person. Now it's online. Um, all those things. And then also just, I'm sure if I was competing in acrobatics and tumbling, which I should never, but I would be super nervous before a meet. And I feel like I would, I know that just going to get a COVID test, you know, a little anxious of like, please let's be negative so I can keep competing or Mm -hmm. keep going on. Um, all those little things weren't really talked about ever. And we just kind of, everyone expected, okay, you get the opportunity to compete coach Mulkey, make sure it's perfect and go out there. And, and there's a lot that goes into those conversations. So I'm interested if, you know, you talked about, you know, having those little harsh conversations or talking about, there's no, um, I forget your word, but no, um, replacement for experience. Uh, were there any conversations about, you know, a check-in? Um, I'm sure there were, but talk about that of check-in of like, how are you doing as a person? And do you see the benefit of that on and off the mat? We do a check-in at the beginning of every practice with the whole team. And, and it's uh, they know that that's the time to get everything on the table. And they don't have to tell what's going on with them. But if you are having a bad day, you say it. I'm having a bad day. I don't want to talk about it at that point. And then, then you know, group of, of women and probably men too. I don't know. I've never coached men. But um, then you've got, you know, those other 46 people around you aren't reading your body language and your facial expression. So we have those check-ins every day. And then obviously individual check-ins if we were worried about, you know, just concerned about anything. And I like, I will, I observe more. I'm sure all coaches do this. I observe more at practice, less about skills and more about interactions and their mentality and where are they mentally? Cause the mentally tough team's going to win physically. You got to be tough, right? We need that, but mentally tough team's going to win. And we did have those check-ins and we, I let them know, I think there's something to humility and I would tell them how tough it was for me. And every, whatever days we were getting tested, I would be a nervous wreck, not even knowing it would be a nervous wreck until Emily texted me and said, we're all, we're all negative. Well, you don't think that, yeah, I'm doing that for the whole team. And for me, it's like, because if, if, and sometimes they weren't all negative. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then like, what's the fallout from that? They were doing the same thing, waiting on their test to come in. And the stress on them was, yeah, you don't want to get sick and get COVID, you don't want, but then you also don't want to lose your place in the starting lineup. You don't want to have to sit out for two weeks. You don't want to have to do. And so their level of stress was the same. I'm stressed for all of them. And they were also waiting on those tests to come sure. out. Those are some of the things that we talked about. And I was like, I hear you because yeah, that is I me. Get it. <laughs> and, and Emily Boyer knew not to call me because if she called me on those mornings, I would go, what? <laughs> And she's like, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so she, she got to the point where she would text me. So that way, at least I would just see your name and I could hit it really quick and it would, she would give me the news. But if she, she could totally call me about something else and she got like the evil eye voice, like what yeah. is this? So, um, they were feeling that level of stress too, you know, and, and, 
And if you think about all that goes, they all want to compete. They're, Baylor athletes are different. They're special. These Baylor students are special. They are amazing student athletes. And so not only do they want to not want to miss practice for 14 days or whatever it was. I don't even remember the time. They don't want to miss class. They don't want to be out, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that. So I'm sure, you know, I, I'm sure Dr. Mo got a lot, had a lot of those conversations. I bet she was working overtime this year because I saw it on my team and I'm uh, sorry. I saw it on my team and, and, and what kind of, it, we tried to work through it best we could there, but um, they all, every, I said this after we won the championship, but like everybody that competed coaches and administrators to deserve some sort of trophy this year. Cause it was, it was tough. And I think in every sport, I don't think it was just A&T. Yeah. In Texas, there's pea size hail and baseball size hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Well, congratulations on the national championship. Can I can I backtrack to one more question? Oh, absolutely. Uh, while we've got you here, uh, it it I think it's hit me before, but it really hit me this year at the championships. We said on the broadcast that pound for pound, oh, your yes. student athletes. I love this question. Are the strongest of any student athletes we have on campus. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah, I yeah. Will, I will argue with any coach that wants right. to say otherwise. <laughs> if there are other coaches, Baylor otherwise, bring it on because yeah. they are 100%. I agree. Yeah. I was leaving after the semifinal match against Oregon. Beat them. Ran into R.J. Sneed, who's mm-hmm. a receiver for Baylor football. So I said, hey, you're a good person to ask this question. <laughs> and so I asked him that. He said, no question. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is a football player who says no question about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's impressive. They they and shout out to perform our uh, athletic performance staff. Chris Lowe is our uh, coach, and he is a rock. Well star. done, Chris. Yes, well absolutely. Done. You can yeah. you can everything goes to him. So and it takes it, a village. That's <laughs> it. Said, that's exactly right. And if anybody says, "What are you talking about, Morris?" Watch one of their. <laughs> Events. You Watch one of their meets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just try to do one of those. Uh, one of the uh, stunts. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That y'all do. So very impressive. Congratulations on making it through this year, winning a championship, and uh, here we are at the end of the semester. Where do you go from here? What do you do? You going camping? Uh, <laughs> I've already been camping. Once. I know where this is. It's going. It's kind of the off season, <laughs> but it's also sort of the the flea and tick season. So, are you going camping? You've been camping. I have been camping okay. once. Yeah. Okay, good. You get some time off? John is trying to get me to tell you the story about the tick. And uh, there was a tick. 
We can leave it at that. <laughs> and I will just say that. Yeah. But it yeah. was a tick. Yeah. But all's well now. Uh, everything is good to go. All right. Tick Very season. Good. It is. Be careful. Yeah, just be careful out there. season. Yeah. Celebrate. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Talk about it. All of that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> all of that. Well, thanks for being with us. It's always great to see you. Congratulations again. And uh, be careful. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> good to see you guys. <laughs> you too. Thank you again. Coach Felicia Mulkey. She is the coach of the six-time defending NCATA national champions here at Baylor. For Coach Mulkey, going back to her previous stop, that is now, if you're counting, 10 straight national championships. Everyone, every championship that's been won, Coach Mulkey has been uh, the coach of that team. So we need to keep Dr. Mo around and Coach Fee around. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate you all being with us. For Brooke Bednars and Coach Felicia Mulkey, I'm John Morris. Join us next week for our next Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.